Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you. Welcome to another EuroLeague where today, as always, I'm your host, Rich, and I'm joined by yet another elder statesman of the LEC. We've uh, got a bit of a theme going on here, actually, the last few episodes. We had Oddo last time, obviously, who is the longest standing top laner. We then had uh, Kobe before that, who's the longest standing AD carry. And I believe I'm right in saying that you are the longest standing player, full stop. I think you're the, yeah, I think you played, obviously, in Lemon Dog season three. Summer season three. So, yeah, I think you are literally the longest standing player. Is that right, or am I, am I missing someone out? I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right, but I didn't play season four, but uh, the, I was the one that uh, debuted the earliest, yeah. Because yeah. Jankos and Vander, or Vander not playing, but Jankos started, I guess, season four, uh, yeah. the split after. And just to put this in a, some perspective for some newer fans who maybe weren't watching or playing for as long as us nerds, Nuke Duck played against TSM at Worlds, as I mentioned before, for an EU team called Lemon Dogs. His jungler was Dexter, who hasn't played the game in about six years and is now a player agent. His top laner was a guy called Zoro Zero, who most of you have probably never heard of, but it was actually unironically one of the most talented solo laners Europe's ever produced, probably. And TSM's mid laner was fucking Reginald, wasn't it? So that's right, kids. So. He wasn't always just known for harassing workers and watching Doublelift have sex with his girlfriend, the guy who used to play mid lane. So there you go. Uh, I'm also joined again by the most mysterious man in esports, Kira. And I say that, Kira, because not only does the guy obviously still not have a webcam, although who knows, maybe that'll change sometime soon. But there's also, don't know if you saw this, there's been a rumor going around that maybe you put on a fake accent for talk shows. Yeah, yeah, that, that's been under a couple of ones, uh, like on Thorns ones as well. Folk can't actually believe I've got this raging mad accent. So decent, not, not only does no one know what Kira looks like, is he even Scottish? We just don't know. So what do you have to say for yourself? Like, what, what is the, what's the story? It's just because my accent comes from like a really like obscure area in Scotland. So we're a mixture of like Glasgow and Edinburgh. So it's like really, really, really like weird. And it, it has like loads of like colloquialisms that people aren't used to hearing. So it does sound like a caricature of like Scottish accent. Plus my lisp just does not help like across at all. So it just so loads of times I can just come out like an absolute whirlwind blur. But let, let me ask you quickly, Erlen, on a scale of 1 to 10, just how difficult is Kira to understand for you? Uh, it's not difficult to understand him. I like, yeah, I like the accent. I think it sounds like nice, you know? Uh, Holy okay. shit. There we go. That's, uh, <laughs> I think Otto was struggling a bit. I could tell from his facial expressions. Or maybe it was just our edgy opinions. Who knows? Anyway, before we get started here, I am, as always, obligated to ask you a would-you-rather question. And this week, the would-you-rather is... And this, I think, you know, we can sort of frame in a team environment for you, uh, Nick Duck, is would you rather be constantly surrounded by people who brag and exaggerate all the time or people who complain all the time? So let's just change it a little bit. Teammates who constantly brag and exaggerate and story top all the time or teammates that complain all the time. Wh which one's more tolerable? Yeah, easily the people that uh, brag uh, more the all the time, I feel like it's way easier to to deal with because you can you know like yeah i mean if they are like you know they want uh you know some recognition maybe you just tell them like yeah like you're right like you did that really well you know you have something to work with you know but if someone's just like complaining all the time then that's not uh yeah that's way worse i think that's not ideal what about you kira what are you taking 
I'm, I'm the same as Nick Duck. I'm taking the bragging. If we're all going to be narcissists, we may as well be narcissists together. I'd be joining in as well. Like, I'd just be begging myself. Nah, I, 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 I'm unfortunately, I'm going to have to co-sign that. I think ultimately it's better to be surrounded by delusional positivity than delusional negativity, I guess. So, yeah, in a team environment, I think... Yeah, that would be super good. Sure. Damn, wasn't, wasn't as much of a predicament as I thought. But anyway, before we jump into the main sort of topics, as it were, I just, again, want to sort of frame a bit of Nuke Duck's career for you guys. Because for me, as some people may know who follow me on Twitter, I have a little bit of a weird relationship with your career, Nuke Duck, because I feel that there are multiple times when you've come into a season or a split or whatever and relative to your peers or like the best players in your position people have actually like overhyped you like going in like to, to my mind like the, them more than what's justified but I also feel on the flip side that there have been loads of times when the opposite has happened and people have for whatever reason maybe your team had a bad split or something they've like massively underrated you going in and to be honest right now I think one now is one of those times obviously XL is doing well as a team but I feel like you're not really being talked enough about, like, really at all in a positive vein. And usually when your name comes up, it's like, imagine how good XL would be if they had, like, X mid laner instead of Nuke Duck, you know? So I wanted to sort of ask you about this. As I said, for me, it's always been, like, this kind of yo-yo thing of, like, okay, they're going too far. Oh, whoa, now they're not giving enough praise. Like, how do you see your own level right now? Like, especially when you compare it to previous splits, do you feel like you have a good level or how, how do you see it? Um, I think, um, you know, I think it of course depends on the every split. Uh, I think uh, last split I started off kind of badly, uh, but then like at towards the end I was doing pretty well. And then now I think I, I do pretty well. I play a bit differently from some other mid laners because some uh, European, European mid laners I really like to play like super selfish. Um, I don't really play that much like that uh, but uh, overall I think yeah I think I played good I think one game I uh, against G2 that I got like the enemy like Cups played better than me I think but in the other games I think every game so far I think I played well so I think just um, that's been going pretty good there and how how would you compare it to like your the best splits that you feel you have like relative to the other players in the region do you feel like you're sort of right up there or, or how do you feel about that I guess sort of based on scrims as well right because obviously only fans get to see one or two fucking BO1s every split like how do you feel your level is against guys like Caps when you're playing scrims do you think you're you're with with them I think Caps is the best player but I think the other like let's say the other ones are very very way different than Caps like I think Caps is way better than everyone else so for me like I think Caps usually does better than me, but then against the other ones, usually I have a pretty easy time, I would say. So, yeah, So, but it's also hard to say because, you know, in Scream, everyone's practicing, trying, and uh, yeah. usually you will see like how well you play in like best of five, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and what do you think, Kira? Going to put you on the spot? Where's he in your current mid tier? I'm joking. I'm not going to make you do that. But uh, how do you feel like in terms of like Excel and how how Nuke Duck plays? Do you feel like it, it's a, a system fit? Like, how do you feel about Nuke Duck on Excel? Like, do you think, for example, as Reddit says, if they had like Vithio, right, which is a name that I see come up a lot, do you actually think they'd be better? Like, to me, again, it's kind of a meme at this point. But sometimes that sort of frog and control mage style, depending on who you've got around you, is optimal 
It depends. Like, I would need to ask, like, New Duck, like, like, who controls your early game? Is it, like, Magnum? Mm. Or, like, is that yeah, something of... Yeah, yeah, I think Mark talks the most, and then I talk second most. I think we are mostly the two that are speaking the most about, like, plans for the team, or... or but everyone ships in, of course, but mo- our two voices are the biggest, I think, when it comes to, like, making, like, plans and calls. Yeah, that makes sense from what basically I've seen. But so under that, when I was watching uh, XL when before Nuke Duck was on the team, I basically said you either get Nuke Duck or Magi Felix. Uh, but the way that Mark Noon plays, Nuke Duck's a better fit if he's doing like all the talking uh, in the game. Because well, you know our opinion. If you're enabling who I think probably one of the best players in the league right now, uh, it's quintessential to their style. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a really good fit. And if he's part of the communication structure, then yeah, like you gotta go with it. I've got to, I've got to call you up by the way, Kira. It's, it's, you keep calling him uh, Mac Noon. Uh, I, I will keep on getting his name wrong because the <laughs> other the player that he's similar to is like someone I've been like reading his name for like years. Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm, it's, it's really hard for me to like override like and saying the name. Sorry. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. It's always just funny. But yeah, I mean, obviously now, I mean, I would say like the two biggest stories of the split are probably number one is Niski or Mad and how they've turned basically and also ran into title contenders as far as I'm concerned but the second story would definitely be you know XL similarly going from just a playoff also around like you guys did make playoffs and woohoo amazing XL makes playoffs but no one really thought you guys were going to do anything in spring I think like generally speaking but now obviously you guys again like mad look like legit title contenders um, but you have the same five players right like nothing needed to change so like for you Nuke Duck what do you think is going differently if you guys are split is it simply that you've been able to play longer together or what do you think why is it clicking now versus last split mm. i think that of course uh spring split uh like we got mickey you know like three weeks into spring so like our regular season score was definitely impacted about like not only playing with the old roster but then also uh getting like kind of to know and uh, uh play with mickey we're not used to playing together uh, so I think our overall score got impacted a lot from that, and um, I think I felt like we could play pretty well last split um, in playoffs, and I think we underperformed against Vitality. I thought like we were gonna easily win, uh, but now I think we just got better and better, and uh, because yeah, we stayed together longer. I, I think that that's the most important, and uh, just. Uh, yeah, I also found like different things that work. So usually, usually I can I think I can play like almost every style of like at least mid lane champion. And I think we found some ways or like some situation in the meta game where if I play more like to help most like play together with Mark more strong early game, we found like we can get some good advantage or like we have maybe a better meta read maybe I would say as well to compare to other teams. Fair enough. And Kira, what do you what do you think? What do you see as the sort of biggest difference in Excel from last split? Uh, definitely like their early, definitely their early game leads, and also just their general like bot lane prowess. Their bot lane wins like lots of like matchups that mm, I'm pretty sure like the other bot lanes have like turned their brains off or something. But like they they get some like really really good leads. They put um the map situations into like really good positions, particularly around. Um, stacking early drakes. Excel's like really, really effective at like uh, stacking and taking early drakes when it's actually like appropriate on the time. 
uh, and also understanding like uh, taking early drakes inside like other the jung- other enemy teams junglers like reset times and stuff. Don't know if it's like conscious, but they do they do that a lot. Uh, they are also the biggest pro I actually see from the team. Cause a lot of people have uh, identified uh, Mad and Excel as like the best early game teams of like the of the split. I just think XLs look so much more replicable, like the way they acquire early game leads. It looks way more replicable than the way that Mad does it. Mad is very, very, very reliant on Aloya and um, Niski outplaying like small skirmishes on specific champion picks inside like jungle, and also like preying upon like like temple plays. I hate that word, but that's, I'll use a quote quickly. Well, XLs is like, um, you like Markun will like understand that, but like there's a really good example where Markun like resets mid and then like the jungle ends of the bot lane like gangs mid lane doing those types of stuff. And it's like really, really good to see because those are the types of things that you see the more like elite teams and like the LPL doing. So they're really positive. Um, yeah, obviously, Nuke, you played with a lot of mid laner, mid laners, junglers over your career, like Yankos, Shook, Xerxes, or whatever. Like, how how is Markoon to play with, sort of compared to those junglers? Like, how how do you find that? How's your mid jungle synergy? It's uh, probably the best jungler I played with because um, he he for me he Mark can do everything, and also he's very smart. So if I explain something to him. He can understand it and he can replicate it, and uh, he's also not afraid to take like um, fights uh, or like basically just being like a kind of like a state where you're like not afraid to take the fight, but you don't like need to really call about it that much. Like I have some experience with some junglers when they are more on the passive side and they really need to plan out everything. It's very hard for me to play well or like to pressure but with mark we can both kind of just like understand that we are like ready to fight if they try to go for me or for him and then um that way it's way easier to play like i just feel like it's i can play like aggressive but he also understands that uh like oh he's smart you know so when we talk about things then we can easily reach an understanding between each other so i i think it's best uh Jungler also, but just also like best like uh, mid jungler relationship, I think. Hmm. But but how is it with Yankos? Because obviously a lot of people praise Yankos for his communication, myself mm. included, or whatever. Like, what are the sort of main differences there, or or is it similar uh, in that aspect? I mean, when uh, I play with Yankos, this that is you know seven years ago, and uh, just back then we didn't really know what we were doing as much, uh, like. It was just, um, I think Yankos was extremely good when I played with him, but we just didn't have like, we didn't have like, we had zero macro at that time because it was like not uh, like a well-known thing. Uh, And I think uh, once we got the Amato like later on, um, we managed to like figure out kind of like a way to like, you know, play the game and like push the side and get deep watch and get tempo, but we didn't know about it in 2015, like early on, so... I would say he was extremely good and communicative, but we had like no idea what we were like actually doing. So it was hard to really know uh, how like how good it is. And also, of course, 
things like we're doing and thinking about now is like way more advanced than what we were doing back then. Like that goes for all all players. I think. Um, I can't hear you oh, now. Sorry, no, I'm I'm mute by accident. Yeah. So no, it's interesting that you you mentioned Yamato, and we'll talk about Fnatic a little bit later. But um, yeah, because obviously he's typically seen as a guy who you know has a very good unique skill set in terms of how he talks to his players and so on but he's not really known as like being a game knowledge guy so like back then was he actually telling you guys things that you didn't know like was he actually telling you guys how you could play the map yeah he back then Yamato like knew about like how to do macro better than us he um I think he was studied a lot uh Samsung White that won Worlds the year earlier and I think like they maybe together with some other teams in season four kind of figured out like a way to do that. It was basically just like the standard like player around tempo and put the watch in the enemy jungle so uh, you have more information and basically like and you keep cycling that like didn't know about like support and jungle going together to ward. So like usually we're just like sitting our lanes and the map was dark. But yeah, yeah, he he taught us actually how to do that. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, I mean, Kira, you said that maybe Markoon could be the MVP of the whole league like on the last show. Like, What is it specifically about Markoon that you like on this XL team? Uh, it's... So like, it's not like the most insane standard in terms of like the, um, the standard of junglers in EU right now, but like... Like take, for example, um, Cam compared to the rogue, uh, rogue jungler. Uh, he like identifies the lane to cover like almost correctly all the time. He'll like correct like the select like the correct like game uh, uh, pathing. Um, he, I don't know if he does this, but like he'll like communicate to his bot lane so he started on the correct side of jungle, uh, so that he gets gets to the top scuttle quicker, and then his like bottom uh, bot lane will then take the bot scuttle, and there'll be like a massive XP deficit because you've now removed like both of them. So you know like the gold advantage isn't just seen in Marcoon, but you know what I mean it's reflected in the fact that, like the enemy team jungler is now down like two scuttles. Uh, he, like his Drake control, like his like times for like resetting for Drake, and like how he like pos like positions for like Drake's like one and two, what times he like does them in the context of the comp are all really good. Uh, yeah, like the only, his only like biggest like weakness, but this is more of a general like weakness of like XL is just like team fighting, like just like general team fighting like concepts and like abilities. But that's like a whole like team thing, and I would, it would take like lots and lots of time to just like narrow down and look at like Marco and be like, yeah, it's like hand specifically oh, that's the yeah. I think he's for me currently right now. I think he's easily the MVP along with maybe like Caps and Larson, but yeah, he's very very impressive player. Right, now, obviously you guys went 2-0 this week, um, taking out Misfits and Fnatic. Uh, I want to talk about the Fnatic game first. It was a massive stomp. Uh, but going into it, were you guys like really confident about that game? Like, Did you see yourselves as the favourites going in? Or how do you view Fnatic now or yourselves versus sort of those big teams? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty confident. I Overall, I thought that our main, you know, our main, the main teams that I think that can be difficult for us to beat is uh, uh, in terms of like uh, trying to win LEC, you know, it's Rogue and G2. I think those teams are the ones I'm most worried about. 
but Fnatic, I'm not so worried. I, I think they don't really know what they're doing overall, uh, and uh, I think they, they, the way they play, it looks like they're very like uh, emotional about it. Like I don't know, they, they just uh, yeah, they seem kind of like desperate almost. I think when they play, and um, yeah, I, I think right now they they don't look very good. I think they probably can become good, but they don't look very good. So I'm yeah. not not worried about them. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we talk about it a lot as like a narrative point, um, you know, that if these five Fnatic players could just get their shit together, then, you know, they'd be unstoppable or whatever. But like as a player, like how do you actually see it? Do you think there's any truth to that, like that they would just become the best team or, you know, and what do you think is going wrong? Like why do you think they're not a top team? I feel like one part as well that is like can be a bit underrated is that they need to, I feel like they don't know exactly what they are like supposed to do kind of in the i mean i don't want to say too much but i just think that nobody like they don't know they i think they miss some knowledge i think about like the meta uh and especially how like the lanes and the jungle should interact i think they, they're missing some information uh and uh it's very crucial i think to to play well to do well as a team but the individual players of course they're good um but you know, um, yeah, it's hard to say. But I think it's a skill to play like in a team and do like well in the team. You know, so it's just hard for me to say. But like, if you're thinking just like how fast can they like click their mouse? May maybe they are pretty fast. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I I'm I'm actually not sure. Like they can for sure be good, but uh, it's so hard to say like that yeah you know? i mean obviously you don't want to as you say say too much as well because if you guys have a lot of things figured out in this meta then you know it's not necessarily the greatest idea to give Fnatic that uh insight but i mean kira have you updated your take on Fnatic in the past couple of weeks i mean we talked about them before but like are you seeing anything to give you hope or you just think they're sort of nah it's worse bro it's worse yeah. it's what bro they're so fucking dog shit it's unreal like they're, they, they, one of the, like, the pre-requirements of this team is obviously, when I visualise them in my head and I build the team in my head, it's like this um, mid-jungle support trio has to be sick, right? And it's dog shit. It's like better than maybe like BDS, right? And that's like five non-humans. They don't do anything. They're, they don't do anything well. It's literally... Hand check, hand check people in lane. Hope to God those leads are big enough. They can't move leads between lanes. They have like no understanding of like, like jungle quadrant, like systems. They don't have any idea about lane setups. Like hell, what doesn't probably help is Helly is probably having one of the worst individual seasons of his career. Like playoffs, he was pretty good in spring. Like looking pretty, very good in spring. Playoffs into this summer, he has been, like, running it. Like, lots and lots and lots of deaths. He looks so out of sync with the rest of his team. Like, that used to be, like, a thing where people were talking about, like, oh, Hilly's out of sync with, like, Reckless and Nemesis because they're more, like, passive players. I think there's times it looks even worse here where he's, like, engaging into, like, completely unwinnable like death scenarios but it's just him this time he doesn't have like a whipple and a self-made going in with him it's just hilly and then when i think about humanoid and razork i i basically razork looks like he's been convinced he needs to be like a bitch for his lanes but his like laners 
like don't play for the, the the idea that his presence is going to be there. Um, the worst offender for probably uh, worst offender for this would probably be like Wonder, even though it was better earlier in the split. Wonder sometimes like Zlatan, eh, not Zlatan, sorry. Um, Razor will be going to like Wonder's lane, and it will just like fast, start fast pushing the lane, and and then it won't it won't be like suitable for a turret type, and then so like the entire jungler's time's just wasted. Yeah, I mean, speaking of specific players, and obviously you can look at every lane and say, wow, that guy should be an all-star, that guy should be an all-star, or whatever. And obviously Hilly seems to be being, you know, the wrong side of the coin, Hilly, much more than usual this split, right? But talking about someone obviously who plays your position, Nuke Duck, I mean, humanoid, he's seemingly gone from arguably the best player in the West, like half a year ago, bit maybe a bit more than that, to maybe being a problem on his team. Like as a fellow mid laner, what what do you I mean, how did you feel about Humanoid back then when he was kind of being touted as being sort of this mid lane god and, and how do you feel about him now? Do you feel like he's regressed or do you just feel like it's team issue stuff? Um I mean I think he has regressed. I, I always thought he was really good even before um even before like maybe 2020 season uh i already thought back then that he was like one of the best mids together with i think he was my caps maybe were two best and then last year he was absolutely insane of course so he was very very good but now yeah i think right now something uh something is definitely off with him yeah like i don't think uh don't think he he's playing that well anymore um, you know, it's hard. I don't really know what it is, but it this look just looks not the same at all uh, anymore for me, at least uh, when I see. So I'm not sure what it is. It could be, but it's the same for most of the fanatic players. So maybe the environment's pretty bad and affecting everyone. But that's just a guess as well. Yeah, I mean, Kira, like obviously, as I said, you can look at any player on this team and say all star first team should be first team all pro, whatever. But specifically for me, like the biggest issue not necessarily from like individual screw-ups or whatever, but I think jungle mid is just like so important. And you basically have a player in Razork who for me was like an MVP player in his last split on Misfits and Humanoid who's been, you know, first team or pro level mid laner for some time. Those two for me are like the biggest problem. Like, can you see anything? Like if you had to speculate, like do you think this is coaching or what do you think is going on? Or do you just think or subscribe again to the Reddit mean that they're great players, but they just don't quote fit together? Like what, what do you think is going on? Obviously this is speculative, but how, how do you see it? Particularly jungle mid. I don't know if they're going to have to do like the league team special where like, you know, to save everyone else's job, you just like kick the coach because like, yeah, I know it's like he's the easiest person to like replace. But like, I don't like that's what I'm saying. I don't know what fucking Yamato does, right? But if you were to tell me like these guys are being like coached on like macro like principles and like these team up one that ideas, then you're gonna have to kick multiples of them because they're they're all like from this point on they're they're all do playing dog shit. But I don't know. The other problem is is there's a narrative around that humanoid was part of the Mad Lions like shot clone system where they he had like a brilliant. Uh, synergy with Aloya and Kaiser about like invading like jungles and stuff. You know what I mean? The same way with like perks, this you've got the shoulder if you're humanoid, you've got the shoulder like some of the blame unless they're legit just not listening to you. And if those people aren't like listening to you, then you might only need to identify those people and you need to go get new players. Like if you think the things that humanoid is telling 
the other players to do is correct and they are not like doing the thing then you're going to have to get new players but if they are actually listening to humanoid and this is the end result then you either need to have reflective reflection about who's talking within the team or like just a complete like overhaul of like the team systems because if you look at all these players they won't be happy with this standard themselves and i'm pretty sure like the fanatic's not going to be happy with this standard because if this team makes makes it to worlds it'll be more of an indictment of the level of the like, eu than more than anything else because i just don't see them finding this like magic sauce that they like that they've kept under the couch for weeks on end and just become this amazing team because there's just so much broken yeah i mean like, I, think... I don't they don't do anything well that's the problem like apart from laning in the context of eu they do nothing well yeah, I think that it's, again, we talked about it before, but people are going to have to retcon those mad LEC titles because first it was like Kazi's this uh, AD carry shot caller. Then it was, eh, no, it wasn't actually. Humanoid was like the brains behind everything. They both fuck off to different teams who have no macro between them. And then seemingly Niski comes in and mad look like a decent macro team again relative to to the region so yeah it is a bit weird it's a bit of a mystery but again it seems inconceivable that these five players because again it's not just about player level it's about experience right like think how many world uh, championships hilly's been to wonders been to with g2 like it's crazy how stacked this roster is in talent and experience and they just can't figure it out at all again i'm not gonna lie like my sort of occam's razor thing is I feel like you have to kind of look at the coach a little bit, not even necessarily that it's like he's responsible for the bad macro, but there, there have to be elements in there which can work or can synergize to get a better level than this. And ultimately, I do feel like it is a coaching staff's job to extract that from those players. Now, again, it could be a case that it just so happens none of them have any of these abilities and they were always in the perfect situations, but I don't believe that at all. Like it, To me, that is almost inconceivable. Um, but yeah, uh, and again, right, you guys played obviously Misfits who were kind of were started the split very badly, then started sort of trending in an opposite direction to Fnatic, you know, getting a bit of a run together, but then that sort of came a little bit to a halt. But obviously your game with them was far more competitive than your game against Fnatic. Like, how do you feel about Misfits? Obviously... They've changed jungler now as well, but we'll put that to, to one side for now. Like, do you feel like Misfits is a playoff team? Like, I feel like a lot of people, myself included, felt like they overperformed last split and they I thought they were going to be like cannon fodder this split. And after two weeks, I was like, haha, look, they're trash. But then they got on a bit of a roll. Like, how how do you see how do you see Misfits? And specifically like VTO, because this is a player who really divides opinion. Like some people obviously thought he was like you know, should be put in that echelon with caps from an ability standpoint or whatever. Like, how, how do you see Misfits and specifically, how do you see VTO? I mean, I think Misfits aren't that good overall, but um, they're also making change, so they were also not happy themselves. Um, I think they could make playoffs, uh, but I don't think that they can. I think they will not, not make it to Worlds, even if they would make it to playoffs, most likely. Um, and I think Betu, I think he he plays pretty well. I, I would say, um, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to really say. Uh, again, I'm I'm sorry, I don't have like super strong opinion on it because I feel like everyone plays style pretty similar nowadays. And uh, I think just and I guess just how you play on official game usually like what is the deciding. So I I think he he plays pretty well. 
I think might have been a little bit behind on the meta this week and last week, uh, maybe. Um, or not last week, maybe, maybe just this week. And uh, But I think he's good. I think he definitely... I definitely think he, he, he's pretty good there. But I just don't know, like, you know, like it's, it's hard for me also to know exactly, like, you know, how uh, crazy, like, I don't know, it's just hard. But I think he's good there. He can be pretty good, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, I th he seems very sort of streaky and champion dependent from like a pleb perspective if you just look at the games and when he gets his picks or whatever. But yeah, I mean, Kiro, what what do you think, especially about this sort of a uh, jungle change that's just gone through? Obviously, Zlatan's been replaced at least for next week by Zanzara. Like, do you see this being a move that can secure them playoffs? How, how do you read that? Well, it's hard for it to be worse. Latan was fucking dog shit. He's probably one, the worst, one of the worst players in the LAC I've ever seen. Like, how that Misfits team was winning games of that man is absolutely beyond me. Like, there was someone told me that something along the line that, like, Mercer's, like, a, like a, a big voice on the team, okay? And he's not very good in the game. But then the problem is, is then you've got Irrelevant and Latan. So you can only have one. You have to pick one. You can't have three dogs on the team. Like, that's just... The fucking ratio's not working there. So Latan's got to go. And who do we go get? We go get Zanzara. Someone who is also fucking terrible in the game. But nobody's terrible and has a very distinct style. Do I think it could make the team better? Fucking... Who knows? Maybe... Zlatan was having boxing matches with other guys in the fucking team and he was just disruptive to the team environment but I don't know it maybe it ends up being like a 6 out of 10 improvement but fucking it could be anywhere like they could end up just like crumbling to pieces I have no idea where to even go with this but Zlatan had to like if the team wanted any prospects of going further and doing anything like Zlatan had to go I don't think it's Zanzara's the move but you don't, you know what I mean? It's not like you're picking 20 apples from a tree. You've not got a lot of options here. Let me let me uh, frame the question like this then. Like, in terms of what you think mis that Misfits team needs, again, let's not talk about, you know, moves that will, are realistic or whatever, because, again, we don't know necessarily who, who can be bought out or what have you. Like, what do you feel that Misfits team needed? Like, who would, if you could have picked anyone, who would you want to have seen as the jungler for Misfits to make them a semi-decent team? Tanks, probably something like tanks or that on the team, or like I don't know, like I'm not that like well versed in like the lower levels like EU and stuff. That's not really like my like scene. So I'm not gonna go grab a player from like another like team because like the full top side just needs to go for misfits to move forward. Like irrelevant Angelatan, they both need put in the bin. But like, see that's interesting though because a lot of people have been saying. In fact, when 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 we were doing our uh, side select award show. There was uh, some comments and stuff, people saying like, why didn't you guys mention Irrelevant for like your uh, all, all pro top team? And I was like, eh? I mean, well, because I've got a pair of eyes. I think he had a good game once. Like, I think that happened, maybe. Like, I think I seem to remember having a good game, but I was like, what are we doing? And this was like, I guess before Wonder had like completely fallen off into oblivion. And obviously Otto's been playing like Oddo most of the time and I was just like what is going on is it has a relic am I stupid like what's happening here but I'm kind of with you and this was the thing last split and why I was like oh misfits if you look at the regular season table are like the most fraudulent team because for me Vithio who I think you know myself included maybe people went a bit too far like hyping to the moon but I was like okay this guy's had a very good split like absolutely neon uh, if you put him in the correct situations, he is definitely capable of carrying like a bunch of games, sure. 
but that's where it ends. Like everyone else, like how how were they joint third? And then going into this split, they have a really crap start, and I'm like, okay, feeling vindicated about the you know the falsehood narrative from last split. But then they start playing well, and I'm like, are they, do this? Do they actually have good players? Like, am I missing something? Because it's not like Vithio has been popping off every game this split, but they've got wins on the board. So yeah, to me, this is a, a complete mystery team, but. I guess we'll see, you know, what happens with with Zanzara. But like you, I, that to me, it's not the move. But it might have been the case of like any change is a good change from that perspective. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, but but, but, right. yeah, I, but so, there's one thing. Just I don't think their players are like all of them are like that bad. And I think Slatan can play pretty well actually. Just mm, I think he got like some like I don't know some uh, like it's like more like personal problems with the team some team that's why like uh he started like playing like doesn't really care and shit uh, it looks like for me and um i don't know i just think you i think you guys think they are a bit worse than they are uh i think like, neon and vito are good by the way i think vito is fucking a great like outside of lane i think vito is actually one of like the like best like actually understanding of like team fights and ranges and stuff i think vito is like uh, like the man, I think he's like one of the best. Like, and I think Neon's like, apart from like, he's had some like dodgy like flash usage this split, but like, he's like very, very capable player as well. And I've been informed that like Mercer's pretty important to like the team system. It's just mainly like, like what the fuck the top side is doing. And I can only, I can only use like, use my, I have no any idea of like who's last one or relevant are as players. I can only look at what happens in the game and what they're doing in the game ain't great. Yeah, yeah, just because, for example, irrelevant, I think. In like Suruku, I think he was one of the most like best, one of the best top laners. Like one of the best, like let's say, if you wanted like to get a rookie top laner, then probably you would get irrelevant, and that's what they did, uh, of course. So like I don't know, I think all the player, their players are pretty fine. It's just like there are only so many, let's say, top laners that are like you know really like already you know lec level and also know like you know about like team game and stuff you know so i don't know i don't know i think that's the players aren't that bad. they're getting some wins and i think yeah i think that they aren't like uh, that bad yeah i mean the thing is and again we've talked about this before but like there's a big difference or there can be a bigger chasm than people think there is between like the ERLs and LEC like some you know people always say like oh the team that won EUM should replace SK or BDS or whatever but when you see good players coming up and again I'm not saying they're playing badly or whatever but I mean we saw Erdot again a guy who was perpetually linked with maybe getting an LEC opportunity over like the last two two and a half years or so irrelevant aggressivo like these guys come up and it's always the same thing of like oh, this guy was so good in LFL or LVP or did you see him in EUM? Like, he's going to be amazing because the top pool's so fucking weak or support support pool's so fucking weak. And then generally speaking, again, Mercer, another guy who came up, they're not like setting the world on fire. And I think just the big takeaway for, for people, uh, for fans about that is you do have to understand that generally speaking, like, of course, there is too much recycling of, of play certain players in LEC historically, like, absolutely. But there's also a reason why people put a lot of emphasis on that because the gap between LEC and the ERLs is actually a lot bigger than people think it is. And I mean, I represent, like, a bunch of players who play on, like, ERLs or whatever. The better teams who get to scrim sometimes against uh, LEC teams if they have cancellations or whatever. And 
unshockingly, usually the scrims don't go that well in their favour. And if they do, then it's usually because the LEC team has, you know, trying out whatever picks or they're like, oh God, we're meant to be scrimming, you know, G2, but now we have to scrim this team and the scrims aren't taken completely seriously. So yeah, I think there's always like a massive overhype factor when players get promoted. And unless they do set the world on fire immediately, they do tend to get sort of, yeah, maybe disproportionately blamed or not considered great players. Again, we're not, they're, you know, they're not 10th place or anything. This is all relative to, you know, playoffs and will they get a world spot? And in that context, like, are they good players, right? And speaking of that, obviously the big news this week was that LEC this year will get four world slots, which of course does... Uh, in fact, I think this is another truism. I'm not completely sure about this, but I believe, hypothetically, let's say that Impact doesn't make it to Worlds and somehow SKT didn't make it to Worlds. Obviously, probably not going to happen. If you made it to Worlds, Nuke Duck, I believe that would be the biggest gap ever between someone attending Worlds initially and then someone attending Worlds presently. I think that would be correct because, again, you played in Season 3. With none, with none in between, for surely, but you mean as well as in, as like even if they made it in between, I guess? Yeah. Well, I think I think you, Faker, and Impact, I think, are the only players who played in Season 3 Worlds, no? I believe? That are still playing the game? Uh, yeah, that, oof, that could Maple. be... Who? Who, sorry? Maple. Like, Maple. 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 Was that oh, Maple. Worlds? It was on well, Gamma Bears. Not getting, they're not getting there, are they? <laughs> They've got no, no... Bro, you for the player. I'm just saying. Maple yeah, yeah, was yeah. there. No, no, of course. Maple. But, yeah. Ah, Maple. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Maple, yeah. 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 I mean, U I remember Uzi was there with his, some of his boys. But like, yeah. that was, not, that was it, not with Shahu and stuff. That was the next... No, he was there with the Royal Club, the Precursor yeah, yeah. team. Yeah. yeah but of, he's, he's... Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see he's what happens with probably. them, I guess. But, yeah, anyway. still. In, yeah, in, interesting yeah. tidbit nonetheless. That is actually pretty mental when you think about it. Like, you know, this time next year, or a little bit longer than this time next year, that will be 10 years ago since you first played at Worlds. That's pretty mental. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. So, obviously, LEC gets four Worlds slots. I actually wanted to start with you on this uh, topic, uh, Kira, as you're someone who um, has, you know, closely followed Eastern regions. Um, do you think that it's fair and reasonable that EU gets a fourth slot? Again, some of the narrative has been, oh my God, why don't you just give LV, uh, L LPL like 10 slots because their 10 best teams are better than ours? And that might be true. Maybe maybe you can go like six, seven teams deep and they're better than all the EU teams. But even if that is true, I mean, what what is your take on this? Like, do you think it's reasonable that EU gets gets a fourth slot? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Oh, like... You have to ask yourself, like, what do you, what do you mean like, by it? Fair. Like, the full, like, slot system isn't fair. Isn't just, like, remotely not fair. Like, it's just bollocks. It's just absolute bullshit. But once you get beyond that point, should EU get, like, another, like, another slot? Like, just to, like, equal them out against, like, the other regions, like, yeah, whatever. Is it my, like, preferred option? No. Like, most likely China should probably get, like, another slot. But Korea should have had, like, in, when, in 2014 OGN, Korea should have had eight slots. Like, the eight teams in Korea at the time were probably better than the eight other teams in the world on average. Like, SKT came eighth in OGN that year and then won the equivalent of MSI. Like, you know what I mean? There's no... This world system has never been fucking fair. It's dog shit. 
Because the, the way any sensible person would do it is they would have the lower seeded teams that don't automatically get world spots. They would have them qualify through worlds. Like China's 4 to 8, like EU's 4 to 8, Korea's 4 to 8, NA's 4 to 8. You go and you fight against all the other shitter regions like fucking South America and Japan and all that, and you, you qualify to worlds for the wildcard slots through like an actual pre world tournament. And that would be fair, because if the wildcard teams beat those teams, they would earn the world slots. And then, you know what I mean? If the four be- next best LPL teams are the actual best teams, then they would win the four wildcard slots, or the LCK teams would win the wildcard slots. That was what would be fair. Like, playing them in a pre-world tournament would be fair. They have decided in their ultimate wisdom to give EU another slot. It's whatever. Like, yeah, like the f- I'm sure the fourth best EU team is going to bring so much to like the tournament in terms of like com- like the comp- like the competition, but like yeah, it's whatever. It'll make it interesting. It'll be like funnier for it, uh, the EU team that doesn't make it because their fucking excuses will be dog shit. But that's what it is. And how how actually is the fourth team getting decided? Because obviously we know how the other points. points. Okay, so yeah, so it's like the third team. Points. Yeah, isn't it really? champion? It's championship points, isn't it? I, th- I don't think so, but I, I don't know. I, I uh, how I know the system is the champion posts you for summer playoffs. Uh, so I, I just kind of assume that you're going to qualify if you end up fourth in summer yeah, playoffs. Yeah, so I'd be fourth in summer playoffs with the the, the championship points seed you into summer, yeah? Into uh, the championship uh, points, which are gathered from, I think, the placing in spring playoffs and summer regular season, uh, that will somehow add up to your placement in summer playoffs. And then... I would assume that uh, just uh, one, two, three, four from summer playoffs goes. Uh, like yeah, yeah, and, and so. yeah. You're right. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah, as as that. So obviously, this heavily uh, affects affects you guys potentially, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe you guys fucking just win LEC and it's whatever. But in terms of you know expectations going into playoffs. I'm going to ask a question like this. Bearing in mind that there are four slots, because I think the answer might have been different if there were three slots. Would you now, if I said Nuke Duck, I can say now that you will go to Worlds, but you won't win LEC. Would you take that? Not the Worlds now, but not win? Mm, no, I don't think so, man. I think, we, I think we're going to like make world. I think, no, I don't think so. I think we, we have a good chance to win LEC, I think. Uh, so I would prefer to try to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously super close between like the the four best teams, I would say, and then you've got like these sort of sleeping giants, if you like, in Vitality and Fnatic, who theoretically could come online at any point, but who really fucking knows? But I mean, in terms of you, sort of alluded to it before, in terms of like your personal individual matchup or of who you maybe find tricky. But who, let's say, XL makes the final? Who would you imagine that that you would be playing against? Again, forget about seeding or whatever. Like, who do you think is the best team in Europe if we put XL to to one side? I for me, it has to be Rogue or G two, but I don't know which one. Uh, I think like if G two, you know, G two has the higher ceiling. I think so. Maybe it will be them. Usually, they do. You know. They usually do win, you know, in the end when it matters, even if their regular split is shaky. So I guess I would just say G2, yeah. And who who would you think's going to Worlds with you guys? Would you then say like Mad, so XL, Rogue, 
G2, and then who is it? Is it Mad or is it uh, is it someone else? If it, if I if I had me to guess the four worst teams, I guess I would guess uh, us and G2 and Rogue, yes, and then the last one. I I mean yeah, it could be Mad, but you know it could also be Vitality, or it could be Fnatic. But I guess I would say slight favor towards Mad at the moment, but. As you said, like they, they, those teams can definitely come online and 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 do pretty well, I think. What what do you think, Kira? If you had to pick the world teams now, like based on current form, who who's going? Which four teams are going? Mm. Let me think. Uh, because like, if you win the semi upper winners bracket match, you get to the semi-finals. You're guaranteed a world spot, regardless. Yes. Uh, yes. Or yes. if you finish first in regular season, uh, the way the the tournament works is also that you'll be automatically, uh, like, wait, you'll be automatically at least uh, fourth. In planes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll give you 120 points. Uh, yeah. Because the, how the seeding works, if you lose the first uh, match, the the winner bracket semifinal, you'll the the lower seed will play against the winner of five six, and then you'll play the winner of that. So. Two teams will already be eliminated, so yeah, you would be max uh, like minimum fourth place if you finish first. So they like so you can already lock in. So like Mad Lions are actually like hunting basically for the first place because if they get the first place slot, then they, they, it doesn't matter, and everyone else will be playing for it. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Because Mad Lions did not make playoffs in spring, and spring playoffs yes. gives champion points as well. Ah, yeah. Uh, look so at the number. Uh, so the chance, I, I don't know about the numbers, but I just know that it's very unlikely that Mad Lions will be like first because it's a like combined between s uh, summer uh, regular season and spring playoffs. Uh, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, I see the points distribution here. I'm, I'm just, I just had a little quick look. Uh, if I was to take a guess, just looking, so like Rogue, almost a certainty, G2, almost a certainty, Fnatic, oh, wow, actually, the way it works out. So these guys actually need to like perform like pretty well in the regular season standings. I would actually go a G2 Rogue XL, and then with the way things are standing, and probably maybe Vitality. Yeah, I was just I was going to say that. How 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 mental would that be if Vitality like won again like one more playoff series this time around, but just because they won their first round last time, they could go through on points. Like that is a scenario that could happen. Uh, they could, but, they could but, possibly no, no, play no, no, but wait, that's not really how it, but wait, no no I'm, I'm thinking about who they would have to play nuked up right. down in the lower in the in the lower bracket and like the yeah. losers and i'm thinking they, and the playoffs they would probably beat like a lot of them yeah 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 in the that that's true yeah but i'm just on for the points i don't think uh the like uh the points don't qualify they just see no, during no, the summer they just see and, the yeah, only, and the only spot that will like let's say guarantee you a, a spot is first seed I mean, second seed is also really good. If the fourth seed loses, you're still making it a second or a third seed, right? Yeah. So it, it, so I guess top three, I think top three all make it as long as the fourth seed loses. So then yeah. one, two, three would all go to Worlds that are in the first, like first to third seed into playoffs. Wait, so you're yeah. saying that the points, so the points only affect the seeding <laughs> and then the placement yes. after that yes. is, okay, yes. okay, so okay. The way you end up in the playoff bracket, the reason I was just saying out the team is, is I was just doing a bit of like League of Legends MMA of like who would beat who based on like where they fell. Yeah. And like, if you actually look at like Team Vitality's thing, they would end up, 
like going in, they would end up playing someone like Misfits or something for the fourth fourth speed fourth seed, like having to play like like possible Wait, like. No, yeah, how, how would they end up playing Misfits for the fourth? Because they Misfits be, as well in the regular season, you mean? Yeah, then they would lose the upper bracket match, fall down to lower bracket, play the Fnatic, and then now XL would drop down into one bracket before them, and then meet them there, and then XL and Misfits would play for the fourth seed. Oh, oh, you 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 think that? Oh, okay, I don't know how the points are, but yeah, if Misfits can get into the winner bracket, if they manage to do that, that would be huge yeah, for so, them. Yeah, yeah, because they're already fourth already, and then they're like, what are they fourth already? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, they're they're sick. Sorry, I just like ended in my brain. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, but they they get. They, I mean, they finished fourth, and now their every standing is really close. So if they manage to like clutch yeah. it, they could actually get themselves in a really good spot. Yeah, I completely for, I, I always completely forget that it's actually like the, like like this. It's like a it is actually quite an interesting system. But yeah, I'll just to go off the team strength and somewhat ignore the points. It would just be G two Rogue, XL Mad Lions, but. The way the playoff bracket can get drawn, you could actually get drawn against like two strong teams. Unfortunately, it's actually like a mega interesting system. Yeah, we if me us and Matt don't do well in regular season, we might just face off in the first round, uh, like in loser bracket even. Like if it, if none of us makes it like really high, if we finish yeah. like fourth and fifth or fourth and third, then maybe yeah, because yeah, just... if you end up with fifth, fifth and sixth or spots, then you end up playing each other in the lower bracket match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, it actually, does get it gets really dicey really quickly. So if Rogue if Rogue get first in regular season, they are in Worlds, aren't they? Just based yeah. off the unless G two is second, I think. Uh, yeah, but but maybe. but then still, if yeah yeah, basically yeah, that's but and if G two is second, but then G two wins their first match, then they're also out to qualified. Right. Okay. Got yeah. Um, cool. Now, one thing I really wanted to talk about, actually, because I think this is pretty interesting, is obviously uh, XL went to boot camp in Korea uh, before the start of the season. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how was that? And how was it like to play against Korean mids? And did also, by the way, because this, I feel like, is always important context, did you feel like the teams you got to play against were taking it seriously? Because sometimes there is always that sort of... You know, there are the boot camp stories where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy solo killed rookie, whatever. But like, how how was that whole experience? I mean, it was good uh, for the first uh, because we boot camp for three weeks. So the first two weeks, uh, me and Emnes was playing fifty fifty on the scrims, and we were playing a bit like lower tier team or not lower tier, but I uh, we were playing like an LPL team we could find and. Uh, I when we play LCL, LPL and LCK teams, but um, how was it? It's uh, it was good. I think they took us seriously. I, I don't, we were really we kind of had the same as when like ERL teams scrim against LEC. They really want to win and prove themselves. We we had the same. Uh, we play. We really try really hard to win every game against uh, against them, and uh, we managed to win kind of a lot. So in the end, we managed to get scrims against all all the best teams we scrim uh, all the best LPL teams uh, we scrim a lot of T1 as well uh, I think Damon and Genji weren't scrimming but yeah we, we got we scrimmed a lot of uh, RNG EDG Top Esports and uh, T1 so uh, we I think it was we were super you know it was a good situation for us that we got to scrim what was so. playing into Night like Night um, yeah I think he was he was he was playing really well. He liked to counter pick on laning phase. Like he was playing like some Yone and so something like that. 
trying to yeah I, I don't know yeah I think it was good there it was good I thought uh, also uh, I thought uh, I saw this in another interview but I thought Angel was the best player overall uh, or the best mid laner uh, oh, but also Faker on some champions was also really really good I think but Angel was uh, I thought he was actually maybe the best because uh, something one like Knight is like yeah he, he, he was making good plays but he also just ints like you know yeah. uh, he like he plays really aggressive and it's a bit more like uh, risky and it's a bit more 50-50 but some Angel played always I think really really well how uh, how tempting is it for well, I guess from both sides because you'd, you'd see it if it happened I suppose but how tempting is it to kind of go ego and try and counter pick and play for lane and whatever when you're in that situation like do, do you ever find yourself falling into that trap you're like fuck it this game i'm just gonna pick fucking zed and whatever uh no i i i didn't really fall into the trap because uh, the meta was so defined uh, and uh also it i'm also the kind of player that in offseason i actually don't really play solo queue uh, so when I will come to Korea, I didn't have that many games under my belt the last like month. So at first, I was mostly just focused to like you know, uh, just get like back on my le normal like competitive level for the start, and then uh, towards the end, I don't think we had that kind of ego. Uh, to be fair, I think we we actually were. That could, by the way, be one of the reasons why we improved so much in the boot camp. That was uh, Joey told me that a uh, young buck. Uh, that uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but he said that maybe the teams we played against were not the reason we improved so much, but because we always give 100 and we always try to win because we respect the opponents, maybe that's why, you know, uh, we got the better improvement out of it. And uh, that, yeah, that I would say that happened there. Yeah. No, we didn't ego pick or anything like that, yeah. We just tried to, like, play good and maybe try something, but yeah, we just pick what we think is strong and try to win and improve. Yeah, one one last thing I want to ask you about just in relation to that is because this is this is a horse that I rode for a little bit in a different context and made lofty pred pred uh, predictions for, you know, that one day you'd end up on a LEC team of some sort or whatever. But I don't know how much sort of you got to play like directly against him. I know that you guys used to play against the uh, academy team quite a lot, at least in spring. I'm, I'm not sure so much about now. Can you talk a little bit about Eminem's maybe not so much as like a personality because I don't really want to get too much into that. I think XL were very open and honest about the reasons why he's probably no longer in uh, in their picture on any level at all. But as a player, how how was he to play against? Because again, like from my perspective, I'm, I'm a bit biased because I sort of jumped on the bandwagon as soon as it even existed. But I thought this guy was like a absolutely mega talent. Like how, how was he? First of all, just as a player in relation to sort of most of the people you scrim against, but also maybe against some of these guys you got to to scrim against uh, in the East. Um, uh, Eminem also played scrims with us in the East, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I also with that person, Eminem lives with us here uh, in the office right now as well, and he he's a good friend of uh, of mine and the rest of the team. Um, so, uh, but. Uh, I think he plays really well. I mean, he has the different kind of mindset from normal players. He really wants to win mid in early game and fight mid. And he has kind of a lot of his like logic in what he does and what he because he, we, I talk to him a lot about mid lane uh, as well because he is here, you know, and uh, we're sitting almost next to each other when we're playing. And he 
really thinks a lot about how he can win every lane or like what he can pick to win it. But he also has solid mechanics. So I would say Evans is a guy with really good mechanics, and he also has very good work ethic when it comes to like uh, he's of course his his focus uh, or like his main you know focus is about like early laning phase and stuff like that. But he's very dedicated to studying it, and he watch like good players play, and he try to replicate. And uh, yeah, so I, I think he's really good. Yeah, I, I think his problem actually is that because he works so hard and he kind of thinks that he is really good because he, he is really good, um, that sometimes it like makes him like go mental. Like he, he just makes him like kind of like uh, it tilts him so hard, let's say, when he feels like he his whole life about League of Legends and then like he play in sub for example XL second team and it's not like as you know it's not like blood serious there you know like it's like it's not a bad team or anything but it's not like uh, probably not everyone it, it's not like uh, you know what I mean you know like and then yeah. that just affects him really negatively uh, because he also uh, had a chat with me about that and he but he he's dedicated I think to also improve that as well like he uh, for me, it's, I think it's good, really good player. Yeah. Do you think, like all that other stuff aside, or any issues he may have outside the game, like do you think he'd be like how? Do you think he'd be like a very decent mid laner if he was to play in the LEC on on the team? Like how how would you rate him versus sort of the other guys you played against? Yeah, I think he would be good. I think. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like he would be pretty good. Yeah, I think he he could definitely like be like a good player. Like he he's also a bit more on the like m more on the flippy side, I would say of things. Uh, like he could definitely pop off or like uh, do not so well. But he, I think, yeah, I, th I think he would be good actually. Now see, like it's hard for me to really know without seeing it. But I think he could. He definitely has like level to to play in LEC. There is no doubt. Um, and just how good it would be, it's always uh, hard for me to say. You kind of have to just see it. But yeah, I, th I think you, you could play well. Yeah, I'm uh, just massively pushing this point because I want to be vindicated by someone who's actually played against him for uh, everyone who's like, ha ha ha, you see, he's really bad. It's like, eh, he got kicked for personal reasons, but whatever. But anyway, on that, I think we will leave it there, guys. But thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks so much for watching people at home. And, uh, yeah, who do you guys have next week, actually? Because we are getting to crunch time. Let's see. You have one moment. Mad Lions and Vitality. Wow. Okay. So this is actually, yeah, Mad Lions and Vitality. So that is... For a week. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. a, a, a big one. I mean, you guys are fairly close to locking in, though, I think. If you go 2-0 this week, you're in playoffs. I think that's yeah, but yeah, yeah, maybe, but but it it uh, it's not. We need to we need to play. We need to place higher because we we, we really yeah. we need to start in the winners bracket. You know, like that's what we want. Uh, so that's true. And actually, I, was I don't know. Starting in the loser bracket give you such a bad uh, position oh, to go to. It's, it's yeah. horrible. I've just I just had yeah. a look at it and I I, I could, yeah. I've completely forgot how bad it is because yeah, it's really bad. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. no, no, that's that's a point. Actually, there's one last point I want to make here is that. For any casters or people who work for Riot, you know, who may or may or may not see this, I think you guys really need to start sort of framing your storylines or whatever around this because I feel like the narrative is always 
who's going to be the last team to make playoffs? And in certain situations, because of how you guys have spoken about how the brackets could end up, it might not even fucking matter. Like, if you're sixth and you didn't even make playoffs in spring or whatever, it might be nigh on impossible that you can even do anything, even if you won, like, a first round. So, yeah, I think the placement here is going to be really interesting, maybe more so than the teams that make it or don't make it. So, yeah, are you guys need to... Is it third you need to finish to completely avoid the shithole? No, I I don't know. It's oh, just based on it's based on what the other teams play for it. It's yeah. like really okay, it's really yeah. complicated because they, it's summer biased. So there's like 120 points compared to Springs 90 for like the top one. Oh. So like if Mad yeah, if Mad like get the top one, then they would actually be like hack completely. They can like snipe a spot because then Rogan that might only end up with 140. So like the best scenario for XL is that they actually finish above Mad. Because uh, then that'll, that's like their best possible like case scenario. That almost guarantees them uh, a top, a top, yeah, a top thing. Uh, and we also hope that either Misfits or Fnatic maybe doesn't make it at all, because then their points are voided as well. Yeah, then their yeah. points are voided. Yeah, that's the other big uh, one. Yeah, so that's so there. There is, uh, but yeah, I think we. It's hard to say. We just try to finish the highest we can. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Thanks so much, guys, and we will see you next week.